We're back. We are back. Welcome back to DC Podcast. You're Russell. I'm Russell. You're Sean. This is Amber, but you can't see her. She's off camera. Say hi, Amber. Hi. Louder. Hi. There it is. Uh, so we're finally back. Yeah, we are. We took a little break. Uh, we had a bunch of stuff going on, and uh, the podcast I just had to, had to take back burners. Yeah, that's right. For a but minute. the community was crying out. Yeah, all, they all seven of you. Yeah. Told us how much you missed these podcasts. Yeah, we got your email, your Facebook message. I got your Instagram message. Yes, that's right. So we heard and now we are responding. Uh, So we left off last time talking about social justice. That's right. I think our last episode, I think, was on the history of social justice as a concept. Yeah. And and the history of that term. Yeah. So where are we picking up now? So in this episode, I I mean, I think there's, there's more that can be said. We didn't talk about terms like white privilege, which I think even in, in recent, since we left off there, we would need to address things like the concept of whiteness and how yeah. that relates to justice. We may get to that, we may not, <clears throat> but I think a good way to sort of cap off the last chunk of, of uh, teachings that we did on this series is to just address how we as Christians can communicate about social justice issues, because it's unavoidable, right? You have to talk about it. Whether you like the term, don't like the term, love the term, doesn't matter. You're going to be talking about social justice uh, as a Christian, probably. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we think that the, the Bible doesn't only tell us what to think about justice, but also how we can talk to others about how can we communicate about these things in such a way that uh, that makes Christ look glorious, that makes uh, the wisdom of God seem real in the life of the church, uh, and that really makes it look like we are distinct people who love each other. Right. Tell me more. Okay, I will. So I have four points for you this morning, huh? Look at preachers gonna preach. I got four points for you on on how we can communicate well about these things. And I'm specifically thinking about Christians communicating with other Christians, but that doesn't mean that this these can't apply to you communicating with your Muslim neighbor. Okay. Okay. All right. I was hoping you would have something cool to add right in on that, but you don't. All right. All right. Charity, clarity. Proximity and speed. Isn't that pithy? It's good. Charity, clarity, proximity, and speed. Uh-uh, a little uh-uh. bit of alliteration in there. So. A little bit, but not too much. Don't want to scare the people. Charity. Uh huh. Oh, you're getting going here. Okay. I was about to do an off color. Okay. So charity is, you know, it's simple. Just we need to treat others the way that we would want to be treated, right? So if you remove all the emotion and volatility from the social justice uh, debate. Whenever you're having a debate with anyone or having a conversation with anyone, you want to try to be as charitable as possible with that other person, right? And so what do we mean when we say that? So so you're not talking about charity in the strict sense of I give from no. what I have to those who don't have No, I'm talking about charity more in the King's English kind, you know, just right. a, a synonym for love, but it also means something more along the lines of thinking the best of others. Right. Give, cutting people slack. Yeah. Giving uh, room for... The possibility that you might be misunderstanding them, or they may right. mean something different than what it sounds like they mean. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is something that we talk about in all aspects of, of Christian life and yeah. discussion. Being yeah. charitable, yeah, uh, towards brothers and sisters who may disagree with you theologically. Yeah, um, being charitable towards someone who appears to be in sin, but but when you bring that up with them, you ask questions before you right, accuse. right, right. So same concept. Same concept. So. Give other people some some wiggle room and assume the best about them. That's that's really at the heart of this. Okay, assume 
you would want, if you treat others the way that you want to be treated, you would want somebody, as you're carrying on this conversation, to assume the best about you and your motives. You wouldn't want them to say, if you're on the right, you wouldn't want them to say that you're a bigot and you're just trying to advance biggest agendas, a bigot agenda. If you're on the left, you wouldn't want somebody just to assume that you're a, a Marxist in disguise. Right. right? So, so a great example of this, uh, if you are talking with somebody about the issue of abortion mm-hmm. and you are pro-life, you hate women. Right. That's not a very charitable response. No. That's not no. making any attempt whatsoever to kind of stand in the other person's shoes. Right. Think from <clears throat> their point of view the way they're thinking and trying to understand them. That's right. And you can even do the same thing with people who are pro-abortion. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more difficult, but I still think for the sake of uh, civil conversation and debate, you have to do it. Right. Okay. Um, and, and even, so if you think about some of the more major players in this conversation as it's playing out in our little corner of the evangelical world, um, you know, uh, Tabidi may say things that you really, really disagree with. He's kind of like the figurehead of, I think, maybe the more left side of this conversation. Uh, but I know that, brother. You know, and I think he's a Christian and I think he's a faithful pastor. And because I, because I believe that about him, when he says, when he posts an article about whatever, uh, whether I agree with it or or not, I still want to try to be as charitable as possible. I don't want to assume that he's just trying to promote some, uh, leftist agenda in the church, right? Because as soon as I give myself permission to think about Tabidi in that way, it gives me permission to write up all of his arguments instead of actually considering them. Right. And the same thing could be true of like, you know, James White on the other side, he's just an easy example. He has said one or two things that I think are a little problematic. And, and, and so I know that certain people have found really problematic and I just want to say to them, you know, like, well, James is also a faithful brother. So give him a charitable reading, you know? Yeah. Simple principle. Simple principle. Very important. Uh, I thought of a good example to help really drive this home. Okay. This is an example that I'm, I'm going to give to people who are kind of more on the right end of the spectrum here, but I think you could probably extrapolate out from here. Uh, Jonathan Edwards owned slaves. George Whitfield owned slaves. And we give them a lot of charity. Yeah. And you know? we, we, I mean, Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield. Yeah. Uh, I have books about them. Right. I have their sermons. I have biographies yeah. right here. Yeah. Right behind you, sermons by George Whitfield. Exactly. These are these are profoundly influential men of God who communicated some incredible truths in some incredible ways, and we learn from them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we don't just assume the absolute worst about them because they always like John Calvin, the whole Michael Cervantes thing. uh, You know, I don't think it's as bad as some of my Armenian friends think it is, but he definitely, I don't think, should have been anyway involved in the execution. But you know, I, I, I try to give him some charity there. You know. And so I think the same thing is true with people that you disagree with. You know, just assume if they really do love the Lord, uh, that they may just actually be trying to pursue justice, and they may just have a misunderstanding of what justice is. And, and let's let's back up just a little bit. I want, sure. Can we break that down a tiny bit more? Go ahead. Because slavery is, was a sinful institution. Yeah, yeah. It was an evil thing. Yeah. It was taking human beings and treating them as property. Yeah. Um, and we saw these men doing that. Yeah. When we look at the life of someone who faithfully preached and taught the, the word to their congregation in, in some really incredible ways. How do we make sense of that when they're living a life where they're subjugating another person to yeah. the status of property? Yeah. Because like there are some people who will see that and go, like, yeah, well, they weren't Christians. Yeah. I think that's uncharitable. Uh, there are some people who will look at that and I think they just don't care. They don't think about it. They, yeah. don't, they don't work through it. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is there's room for, within the historical context and within the... 
the way that the society they were living in viewed that, there's room to let them err. Yeah. And to think, okay, well, they weren't perfect. Yeah. They didn't get everything right. Yeah. We're not going to throw out everything they taught and treat them like heretics or like wolves in sheep's clothing. Absolutely. Okay. You know, and, and so I think about to be. I've had a pastor tell me, listen, I love his book on finding faithful elders and deacons, but I can't give it out of my church anymore because of some of the stuff he's put online. I don't know about that. I mean, I get it. I understand where you're coming from, and I understand uh, as a pastor why you may have to deal with those kinds of issues in the life of your church. But, I mean, it, it's not like the brother owned slaves. You know, right. he just posted some things that may be problematic about your theory of government. Yeah. You know, about or who to elect for president, which I don't think is particularly wise. But man, that book is so good. I'm, I don't know if I would throw it out because of that. Yeah. Not throw it out. You know what I mean? Not you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else on charity? No. Okay. Clarity. Clarity. Proverbs eighteen seventeen. It says, the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Right? Uh, one aspect of clarity is that uh, you just don't have all the information and you need to wait before before commenting, you need to try to gather as much information as you possibly can, right? So I know that that video of that police shooting that you saw on the internet, you think that that 20 seconds that you saw there really says it all. But what you don't know is that lawyers and police officers, you know, they've, they've spent years studying these things. And there are a lot of details and nuances that go into this that, you know, that you may not be getting uh, as you sit there in your underwear watching this video on the internet. Right. right. So, so the rushing to judgment based off of incomplete information is a constant theme yeah. in the outraged social media kind of culture that we live yeah. in. Yeah. And that's true of both sides. Yeah. Um, I, I think of, uh, this is this is a few weeks ago, months ago at this point, the, you know, the young white Catholic school kid with the, yeah. the Make America Great Again hat and yeah. the Native American Vietnam vet in his face. Yeah. And we saw 30 seconds of video and the media... Um, said, hey, this, this kid's a racist. Yeah. Turns out there was a whole lot more video that sure, showed another sure. side. Um, on, this, on the other side of things, you can get sound bites and clips of the latest conference where someone has said, you know, we need to, you know, we, we need to reject whiteness. It's a, right, it's a right, terrible right, thing. Right, if right. you just jump on that as pure racial hatred and racism, you kind of miss that they mean something else right. by whiteness. That's right. I think it's completely erroneous to, to speak that way. I don't sure. think it's helpful, but I think we do need to take the time to ask, well, what do you actually mean by yeah. those terms? Yeah, that's right. So clarity, gather as much information as you can to make fit. I mean, these are incredibly complex issues. Like, so whether or not we should, um, you know, support this immigration law, you know, to, if an immigration law comes out and you automatically <laughs> denounce it as uh, nationalist, Jangoist, whatever, yeah. you know, or, uh, or if you automatically tout it and proclaim it as the solution, you know, man, there's, it's just so complex. None of these issues are straight line issues. So you should really try to, and if, and if you can't wrap your mind around it, if you're like, hey, I'm a full-time this, that, or the third, I don't have time to sit around and study, well, maybe just don't comment on it. Yeah. And I think that's important. If you find yourself stating things, you know, uh, as fact, um, making declarative statements more often on these subjects than you're asking questions. Yeah. Uh, there may there may be some imbalance there. Yeah. You need to ask a lot of questions. You need to do a lot of kind of prying at definitions to yeah. really understand what people mean and to be careful with what you mean. Okay, so let's 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 apply this to the real world. Okay. okay? One of the two subjects that are often pitted against each other, um, unhealthily so, are abortion and racism. Right. Yep. And 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 why is that not helpful? 
Because they're essentially the same thing, right? You're devaluing the image of God in somebody, and then you think you can treat them however you want because of that. Right. Okay. You are less than human, therefore I can own you. Yeah. Or you are less than human, therefore I can kill you if I don't want you. That's right. Now, Christians should oppose racism and abortion wherever we find it. However, uh, racism requires a significant more amount of interpretation to render a moral judgment on a specific situation, Right. So uh, a, a black woman and a white woman come into the ER at the same time. The white woman gets called back first. There's a situation where somebody might interpret that as racism, but it could just be that there was a mix-up in the back, or maybe her situation was more dire and she had to go back first, right? We don't know. And there are tons of situations like that where that could be a valid situation where, you know, a black man without a gun is shot, and it could absolutely be that that cop was racist. Well, there could also other be 17 different factors at play there that since you're not a cop, you haven't been trained in these things, you just may not understand. Yeah. It's, it's tremendously complicated. It's very complicated. Abortion is not complicated. Is the baby cut in pieces or is the baby born? That's right. Pretty simple. Now, again, it may even sound like here what I'm trying to do is pit them against each other. I'm not. I'm just trying to use two examples, uh, something that is less clear and something that is very obviously clear. So if you say, Sean, we as a church need to be uh, pursuing, as Christian people, we need to be making sure that God's justice is carried out in the land. Whether or not I fully agree with the way that statement's articulated, you get the point. Um, I would just say, I agree with you, and so I will confront this, that, or the third, but I'm going to probably devote the, the most amount of my time and energy to that which is very obviously unjust. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it sounds like you're saying the basis of the amount of charity that we dish out is how not not using charity in the way we first used it. Right. Okay. Uh, is is based on the clarity of the issue, the moral issue in question. So I, I'm going to be a whole lot more understanding of a Christian who takes a slightly different position on me than me on social justice and race issues mm -hmm. uh, than I am on someone who says, "No, it's it's fine for you to kill your baby." Well, that 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 too, but also like. How are we going to spend our time and our money and our resources uh, to, to advocate for justice, to fight for justice? Well, you know, I, I don't know if um, if body cams for police officers, I don't know if that's really going to fix all the race problems. But I know for a fact that a hundred babies are going to be killed in the next month right here in Huntsville, right? I know that for a fact. It is 100% clear. There's uh, a very straight line between scripture and stopping the murder that's right. And let's take races. Let's let's talk about you know immigration or or uh, uh, poverty. Poverty, right? You know, it's just very unclear on a lot of these matters. But I know certain things that are absolutely one hundred percent clear, and so I have to devote most of my time and attention to that which I know to be unjust. Make sense? It does. So charity, clarity. Uh, the third thing, proximity. Okay, by proximity, I I just mean. You know, is this something that you can be meaningfully involved in? Is this something that you are responsible for? Uh, the example that I have here, I have uh, so three places in Scripture that I kind of get this principle from. Number one, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Right? <laughs> right? Uh, so, you know, the Good Samaritan, obviously the Samaritan was kind of viewed as a, 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 mutt, a, a, mixed, uh, a mixed race and the Jews didn't have any time for the Samaritans. But what's so significant there is that the... The religious leaders were passing by the Samaritan on the road yeah. and ignored him, right? So it's, it's not like they weren't going out and looking for Samaritans to love. It's that the Lord in his providence put a Samaritan right there in their need. And, it, you know, Jesus goes through the whole, you know, who's my neighbor, so on and so forth, and teaches the parable as an illustration of that. But the point is, is that the man was right there in his path and he ignored it, okay? 
The second place is the rich man and Lazarus. The issue wasn't that the rich man wasn't caring for all the poor people in the city. It's that Lazarus was right outside of his door, and he walked past him day in and day out and completely ignored him. Yeah. Okay? Uh, and then the next, Galatians 6.10, it says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Right? So that's super important. As we, you know, Paul, he cares about caring for the poor and serving people in need. But he also knows that we're finite people. Even as organizations, we are finite in our capacity. And we can only do good as we have opportunity. That doesn't mean that we don't shirk our opportunities. But And then he also says, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. right? So you have two qualifiers there. First qualifier is as opportunity arises. Second qualifier is there is a priority that belongs to you seeking the good of the people who belong to the church. Right, and then if right. you kind of have anything else left over after that, maybe it's not the best way to say it, but you get what I'm saying. The priority is care for God's people. Well, well I think it's the same principle, in in a sense. So right. you have, for example, you may never have an opportunity to go to Africa and dig wells. Yeah. You will always have opportunities to check on your neighbor next door. Yeah. And if that neighbor's lost a job and is struggling and suffering, you can help. Yeah. In a very similar sense, the church should be the people that we are in life closest to, yeah. and that is our community. Yeah. So that especially the church, yeah. that especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, yeah. really is just an extension of the same concept. Yeah. Our, yeah. our proximity to someone in need, or, or to some active injustice, <laughs> yeah. physical, emotional, communal, that proximity gives a special moral obligation yeah. for us to act. Absolutely. And so it, as this relates to the social justice uh concept and the conversation uh the internet has made the world very small and sort of sort of right yeah, yeah. it feels like if you got small. on the internet you would think the, the world is <laughs> tiny yes but it's really not yeah. uh and you you just are so tempted to always be involved in every conversation that's happening all over the world you know what's going on in south africa that matters you mm-hmm. know so on and so forth but Man, at the end of the day, the Lord's not going to hold you responsible for what happens in the courts of South Africa. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think the, the healthiest, sanest approach for Christians who want to be about the business of doing justice, being just people, is you need to worry about your family. You need to worry about your neighborhood. You need to worry about your church. You need to worry about your city. And then, you know, as opportunity arises, if the Lord permits, you know, branch out beyond that, you know. It's the same thing when you talk about working in government. Like, yes, our vote for president matters in some sense and, and federal government, blah, blah, blah. But if you really want to do the most good uh, politically, work in your city, state, and, and local levels. You know, and I think right. the same thing is true for uh, pursuing justice. It's, I think it's important what you said about the Internet. So having worked in social media... You didn't hear a word. I just said you heard Internet. I'm going to go back around. Okay, Hold right. on. Uh, the Internet, particularly social media, there's an effect where very shrill minorities mm. are magnified. Yeah. It's just beyond what is really there. Yeah. And so you can get on Facebook and you can hear about some you know, tragedy in South Africa, yeah. some injustice across the world, and that becomes the most important thing yeah. in your world. Yeah. Uh, when you walk out your front door, no one knows what you're talking about. Right. Because it's not the injustice in yeah. your community. Yeah. Uh, so I do think it's important to recognize that and try and be plugged in, like you said, to sure. your state and local government, to your local church, to find out what the needs are and what the injustices are that you should be paying attention to. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, though, there is some really incredible good that comes from that. 
Um, and, and social I, media. Social media. Yeah. I think of, for example, <coughs> there are babies being killed in abortion clinics all over the country. Yeah, all and over there the are, world. All over the world. Uh, in our country in particular, though, there are, are communities that have no idea that there's an abortion clinic in their mm, city. Yeah. And they find out from someone on social yeah. media, like, wow, yeah. this is just down the road. Yeah. So there, there is some good that comes from that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the point of this is... But you know what? I can't do anything about what's happening in Lansing, Michigan. Maybe right. I can. Maybe I can donate. You right. know. But like, if I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be involved in like pro-life ministries, I probably need to see if there's something within a 50-mile radius yes. of my house and devote my time both, and attention. Both there. pragmatically, because you'll probably see more fruit from your labor, right? And because we're commanded to pay attention to those more obligations that are approximate to us. That's right. Now, I could imagine here a counter-argument, and I'll wrap this up, I'll wrap this point up with this. Something about the Great Commission, go out and seek all nations, you know, that sort of thing. That's not the way that that goes in the Bible. So, somebody's been memorizing scripture. <laughs> some, some, go out to those folks out there, y'all. But, but again, there's a difference between uh, the, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, right? The call to love and to walk in justice is not the same thing as the Great Commission. More could be said on that. All right, the final principle here is speed. My dear brothers and sisters, says James, take note of this. That's pretty important. This is not the Keanu Reeves movie. This is not, not the... Quoting. No. Okay, I got it. Okay, go ahead. For him to stop and say, hey, listen, Thank in you. case you've been zoning out, right? If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Everyone, with the exception? Mm, Probably um, not. He says brothers and sisters. Okay. So Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Uh, the, just anybody with a social media account just needs to like have this tattooed on the back of their hand so that as they're typing with their little Twitter fingers, they see this. Don't you don't have to say something. Be slow to say something. Be quick to listen. And if you do, if you apply this, then your clarity on matters will probably grow exponentially, and you probably will not have to retract that silly tweet or just avoid it forever. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, brother, do you have anything to add to that? It's pretty self-explanatory. It is. It's not only is it self-explanatory. I mean, that's just so, that's just such good proverbial wisdom that even the world recognizes that. Yeah. Even people who reject the gospel think, well, you know, I should be a little slower to speak and a little yeah. quicker to listen. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't mean you won't offend people. Right. You may take your time and you may be very slow and cautious and charitable and you may say things that clearly divide. Wait, but there's an asterisk here. It says, unless there's a mob that's online right. that's demanding an answer. That's right. Always appease the mob. Yeah. Uh, BJ, when he was with us, he told us about a time that he was at a church. And there was a Q&A session. I think it was after the Ferguson things. And a lady in his church stood up and said, like, hey, you guys haven't said anything about this publicly. It's been a week, you know, or I don't maybe it was a week, uh, three days, two weeks, whatever. And she was like, you know, I think that you guys need to say something. And you The know, pastors, the elders. The, of the elders church. of the church. Yeah, that's right. And BJ asked me what I thought about that. And I said, well, brother, I think James 119, be slow to speak. I mean, it's just an incredibly complex situation. The quicker you are to speak about this complex situation, the more likely you are to be wrong and to say something that's unhelpful and maybe even incite people to become prematurely angry, right? Yeah. So it could be people in our own churches even that are demanding a response. So sometimes you can be quick, too quick to speak and sometimes you can be too slow to speak. But I think if we're going to err on one side, we should err on the side of being too slow. I think so too. Yeah. And I think that's all we got for today. Yeah. Make, make your best effort to be accused of being too charitable, too clear. Yes. Caring too much about the people closest to you yeah. and being too slow to rush to judgment. That's right, that's brother. All good things to aim for. 
Do we have a book recommendation? I don't have one planned. Do you want to look back behind us and snatch something up? Uh, have we recommended that? Yeah, we have. Uh, oh, while we love the church, we're super prepared today, guys. Start talking. Yeah, I'm just going to keep talking. Uh, so, uh, uh, try the veal after this, huh? Uh, so this is a book that we just gave away, um, or no, that we recommended in our own bookstall in our church here in Decatur. Yeah. Um, while we love the church, uh, by Kevin DeYoung and Ted Kluck. This is such a fantastic book uh, that really communicates Jesus' love for the church and why we need to share in that love. But it's written by two guys who are really good writers. And it's like, I think there may be seven of these in all of uh, Christian writing, a book that is theologically informed and accurate and also fun and entertaining to read. So that's the biggest sell I can give for that book, Why We Love the Church by Kevin DeYoung and Ted Club. Russell, people need to share this episode, right? It's our first episode back. Yeah, please share it. Get on the, them Facebooks and Twitters and Instagrams and copy links and send this to people who you know think about these kinds of things and talk about these kinds of things. Uh, yeah, please share our content. Uh, yeah. And thank you for listening. We're uh, yeah. we're glad we have actually, I think, gained a lot of followers by not putting out podcasts. We Maybe need to do less. To do that. <laughs> yes. To take more breaks. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, if you're not listening to this, uh, if you're listening to this audio, the uh, iTunes, remember there's a video to this as well, so you yeah. can watch us uh, pick our teeth and yeah, that's right. stare awkwardly at each other mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook and YouTube. Yep. So thanks for following us, and we'll catch you next time. DC Podcast out. Is that what we're going with? <laughs>